it's your girl Smangy, and welcome to the 58th episode of Avocado and Honey. If you haven't already, um, go ahead and check out episode 57 where I had the lovely uh, Khalil Haywood of Madame Noir um, came through and we discussed some of his his articles, you know, talking about like relationship stuff, uh, why women or if he feels women choose the good guy or sorry, the bad guys over the good guys. DJ Cali not going down. It was a very interesting conversation. So go ahead and check it out. And if you enjoy that episode or any other episode, please remember to like, subscribe, share, tell a friend, spread the word on avocado and honey. Now, today, we're kind of be on like the same vibe as last episode, but I'm with the lovely Chenier. Hi. Did I say your name? I yes. Like I just Chenier. It no, right Chenier, like your shin in your ear. I, was yeah. so I have you here because you have your hands in a lot of stuff. Yes. yes. And most of it has to do with bringing the black man and the black woman together yes. and the healing. And so we can just love one another in peace. Yes. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. That is what my platform is about. So I have a platform called Soul Secessions, which mm-hmm. has is the umbrella um, to many other sub platforms. Okay. Um, and I basically curate emotional wellness events Mm -hmm. centered around the interdependence of black men and black women I want to reestablish a deeper connection a healthier connection between black men and black women and yeah pretty much everything I do is about love black love right and I mean I haven't had the chance to make it to your events I think I like met you or I just followed your Instagram around like the to love a black woman and then you had the to love a black man shortly after but then things happened and I wasn't able to make it yes so what Afraid. First, let's talk about to love a black woman. What okay. was that like, and what was what is the event like? So, um, it's called uh, what black women want okay. and how to love to a love black a black man. woman I is actually no. That's on the segment on here. Oh. Actually, my bad. <laughs> I say I mix them up all the time myself, so don't feel bad. But um, what black women want was about giving black women the safe space to tell men what we need from them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we do this so passively via Instagram or even even in relationships. We may feel comfortable telling our partner, but prior to even being in a relationship with a black man, we need to be able to make things clear from the get these are our standards these are our boundaries this is what we need from you this is what we need shifted Mm -hmm. so it's an event that is centered around the healing of black women where we get to open up dialogue from them to black men receptive black men okay Mm -hmm. so how do you like so the audience is mainly so it's like a panel of women and then the audience is of men is full of men funny enough i switched it around okay so i made a panel of men and the audience is mainly women because there's men who aren't on the panel who come but Mm -hmm. a mainly majority 90 percent women Mm -hmm. and the women have the opportunity to talk to the panel of men and tell them you know exchange obviously different experiences but let them know listen like this is where we feel you guys come up short. This is mm-hmm. what we need from you. This is why we do certain things or act certain ways. Um, and with the concentrated panel of men, I feel like the ideas are better able to be exchanged. Right. You know? So I actually, funny enough, switched it around. Okay. Yeah. And that, that's pretty clever, actually, because then that's how you can kind of keep a, like, a hand on yes. the men so you can make sure they are of receptive because it's it could go like left we, really quickly right man you get <laughs> some men up in there who want to burn down the house yo these female yes, and then it's just it's like, like oh God. bow look yes. where's my helmet yes. Yes. <laughs> so do you feel like the women are more receptive to like what the men says like by the mm-hmm. end or like how's the vibe throughout 
I feel like, um, especially in How to Love a Black Man, because that one isn't like panel audience mm-hmm. like it's just everybody having one big collective conversation. Okay. And that event, I noticed in the beginning, the women are super defensive. Mm. Like what? What? And that's a part of dismantling certain generational beliefs that we've had as black women, certain mm-hmm. practices on how we treat men. Um, and towards the end, I see this huge shift where women are like wow we didn't know men felt that way right we didn't know um the difference between being interdependent and independent which a lot of us don't and we didn't know that sometimes us being independent in a way that's toxic because people don't realize there's a such thing as toxic independence yeah that it's emasculating we can be women we can be womanist. We can stand up for ourselves and view ourselves equal, but we don't have to emasculate men in that process. I see. Mm-hmm. And do you think like with these events, um, I keep wanting to say to love a black woman. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, I do know why because of the segment on here. Yeah. But um, is it listen to black women? Or wait, what is it? The name of it again. I'm so it's sorry. what black women want. What black women mm-hmm. want. I have so many segments in my head with black women that I just get them all. So what black men want. And I have it written down here. What mm-hmm. black men want and what black women want. Mm-hmm. Do you think like what you learn from these events, you can kind of apply it to your dating life? Oh, absolutely. I always say, of course, I'm here leading. Of course, I'm at my events leading um, the conversations. But I never miss out on an opportunity to learn. Mm-hmm. I would be a fool to to be around all of that wisdom and that knowledge and to just turn a blind eye or blind ear to right. it. Deaf ear, blind ear, deaf ear to it. So I'm always open to learning more and more about men. Mm -hmm. And once I did open myself up to that, the men that I have in my support system, just platonically alone, is just amazing. Like me being able to further understand men has helped my life black men Mm -hmm. let me be specific black men has helped my life so much Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's i mean opening up and the men friends that you're talking about i know some of them and meeting them along with other types of men too it kind of helped broaden my my views on men black men and and specific ah, specifically because you know with our experiences we kind of we're we're really good at generalizing just as humans like you know once we deal with one like Pisces or Aries or something we're gonna say they all bad like you know so it's like that would definitely help me to understand and actually listen to them like you know we over here say listen to black women but we ain't really listening to To the men exactly and what it means to listen because a lot of us think we do well what does it mean to listen listen doesn't mean you're hearing to respond right listen means you're listening to receive Mm -hmm. and a lot of us are so quick hearing other people's words and wait waiting to respond waiting for the talk back like he just said this let me shut him down instead of just saying all right let me take a few seconds or minutes to process what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Let me not take this so personal and understand there we go. Yeah. that even if somebody is saying something at me, this is more so a reflection of them and where they're at in their lives mm. and the experiences that they've been through. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with me. Absolutely I'm just the receiving nothing. Right. Right now. So when you t- don't take it personal, you understand even if this black man is really coming for me, even if he's dogging out black, cause I've been in conversations where I've heard black men dog out black women. Mm-hmm. And in the past I would argue right back thinking I was proving my point, but I realized, no, this man is hurting. Mm-hmm. To me talking to a, Yes, and he's projecting this onto me. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to recycle all that nasty negative energy into something positive, into love. And it takes a lot of emotional intelligence to do that and patience. Yeah, that's beautiful. You really have to learn and know yourself in order to do that. Like 
boy boy did I yeah. <laughs> and then um I want to talk about the speed dating event because yes! you came through to support the cuckoo for the love yo shout out to you and shout yes. out to everyone who did um come through if you didn't you missed out oh yeah you did <laughs> and that's I mean I know I was the host or whatever so I am to my own horn <laughs> but you no know, people said it was good so it what was, was your experience wonderful. like okay so first of all <laughs> I was super excited because it was the first time I had actually heard of um a black speed dating event mm -hmm. for people my age I mean like being in my mid-20s most speed dating events that were black I for older people you know mm -hmm. what I mean so it was nice to finally be around men my age and gain that practice even if you weren't coming there to necessarily meet a boyfriend or anything right. serious being able to engage with different type of men but mm -hmm. still present myself authentically as a woman was so much fun i had such a great time that was beautiful yo and that's why yes. i be trying to tell people like you don't need to come here yes. and expect to leave with someone yes. like it's a vibe and it's the adult people for real like i feel like for it was like-minded people in the room for, for the most part like it was it really was. good conversations and stuff too it seemed like it i mean it was hard to get the women to move <laughs> <laughs> for real no it really was every man had something to talk about and i'm happy because i did not experience one shallow man that is Dope. something that i cannot handle okay that is a pet peeve of mine but every man had a different style of conversation that kept me engaged so thank you i had a great beautiful time. Yeah. okay and then like being there at the speed date event we kind of talked about celibacy and yes. like you're like one of the few women that i've that i've met and that's yes. going through the same thing <laughs> i'm going through so i kind of want to talk about that just a little Please. bit like, oh no we have just to. a little we bit okay to. so why are you celibate so um, and how long have you been Celibate. Okay, so I have definitely gone through multiple periods of being celibate, mm -hmm. um, meaning that I think my longest run with celibacy was two years, okay. and then I broke it, got into a uh, relationship, it wasn't long, left that relationship, was celibate again for another year, mm -hmm. um, and then uh, broke it again, <laughs> <laughs> and then literally after I was sexually involved that one time haven't had sex since so now I've been celibate for a little over a year again mm -hmm. um and when I tell you the dynamics of being a celibate woman but also dating and still being in tune with my sexuality right I think these men think just because you're celibate you can't give off sexual vibes like there's a difference between you know hopping in somebody's bed without my panties on and being right. like Oh, no, 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 don't touch me. But like, <laughs> I can still be very in tune with my sexuality and be mm -hmm. sensual right. as a woman without you feeling entitled to my body. And it has been a struggle. <laughs> this has been a struggle, but. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> what was the struggles of it um i think for me be when i became celibate it was because i just felt lost mm -hmm. um the very first time i became celibate i was just leaving this really toxic relationship that i had been in for a couple of years and i was really unhappy with myself i was unhappy with how i behaved right. in that relationship and what i accepted and i was like i have to make changes mm -hmm. because i know i talk all this about People I've grown up seeing, but here I am living out those same patterns. And it's not just everybody else. It's mm -hmm. me. Right. And so being celibate allowed me to see, Shanir, who is with you or who is pursuing you out of ego, out of their idea of you, or who's actually pursuing you from a spiritual level, who's right. actually connecting with you. Right. And I think for me, it allowed me to realize the difference between connection and attachment. Mm. So the struggle became wow, I really want to feed my ego. I really want to get this instant gratification. I really want to um, 
feed my flesh. Right. Um, and the work it took of although this man is beautiful, all these beautiful men are telling me everything I want to hear. I understand that my ego wants to attach to them rather than I'm actually feeling a connection. Right. And listening to myself and being honest with myself. It's been a struggle, but it has been worth it. Right. It has been worth it. So. I'm going to have to agree with you because yeah. I feel like that's one of the reasons why I went celibate as well. Yes. Like I was just unhappy with my actions mm. and just like, yes. why did I felt like I needed certain men around yes. and all those things? So I was like, let me take a step back and figure myself out before I let another man enter me without knowing his intentions. There we go. And then that's another thing, too, just learning that like with relationships, whether they're romantic, whether it's a yes. fuck buddy, whether it's a friend, it's just yes. that that other person and want something from you from you whether it's your body whether it's your hello. mind whether it's conversation yes. whether yes. it's friendship it's something so you got to make sure whatever they reciprocate and you want that in return yes. so yes. and for the past year i haven't been wanting any of none of nothing in return so exactly and we were talking at the event like you know you think you meet somebody and then well you do meet them but like you think you connect and then it's like oh, two wait, weeks wait, later like, like oh god thank thank god i didn't go down that dodge the bullet yo like <laughs> Oh, yes. so grateful. Yes. Oh, shout out to the universe, yo. <laughs> so many times where I was like, I'm about to just do it. Fuck it. Like, yes. you know, I'm going to have sex and then I'll yes. be on my period. So I'll just be like, yes. you know what? I'm going to chill out. I'm going to wait. <laughs> and then by the time my period's over, like, I'm over You're the whole not situation. Even into them anymore. Like, like, oh, God. Yo, yeah. shout out. Yo, it is definitely tough. Um, I've been celibate mm -hmm. for like a year and I have like some change yes. now. At the end of this, you'll be two years. Yes. But I'm honestly hoping I find something by summer. I'm not going to yes. hold you. Like, yes. I'm ready. Yes. And just listen I'm ready. to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Listen, I'm ready. I'm yep. ready. <laughs> I am We're right. ready to lose our virginity. Right. <laughs> Steamed again version over right. here. Right. Um, so speaking of sex and everything, yes. um, you also are the creator of Soul Sexology. Yes. So what's oh that gosh, about? That is my baby. So I actually just rebranded it earlier this year. Um, well, it is still earlier this year, but um, towards the end of last year, um, 2018, it used to be called Sex and Intimacy. Okay. Sexy the sex and intimacy event. Um, but I rebranded it into soul sexology and that is about discussing all things intimacy and sexuality between black men and black women. Mm -hmm. So the focus is primarily sex. Right. And I realized a lot of us have no idea what, what intimacy is right. or even if we have an idea of what it is a lot of us haven't experienced the intimacy that we really desire mm -hmm. well we, what is intimacy intimacy means that you are allowing space to have that exchange mm -hmm. you know the exchange that um you mentioned literally just a few seconds ago of somebody wants something from you right. you want in every interaction, it's like that. That is the basis of all human relationships right. is gift giving. Mm -hmm. Gift giving can be emotional, physical, whatever. So intimacy is allowing that exchange it's before the physical exchange I most see. time. So you can be intimate while having sex, mm -hmm. but it can meet. It, it it's basically being fulfilled in a more spiritual and emotional way. Mm -hmm. um, and so I realized that a lot of us yearn for that and we have sex with the hopes of receiving that and when we don't we're like wait okay even if the sex was good it still feels like something was missing right it's because you haven't had that opportunity to establish what it is that you desired from that person on a mm -hmm. deeper level so intimacy can be maybe that person filling up your gas tank maybe that person refilling your metro card for you mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe that person cooking dinner for you all week or just holding your hand or kissing you mm -hmm. you know like it doesn't always have to mean foreplay or right. anything even sexual so it, it feels good to to open up our minds even as grown adults because mm -hmm. a lot of us think we grown 
so we don't got to learn nothing. And But when it comes to having sex, most of us haven't even been taught how to have sex. Right. From porn or from friends or... From doing it. From doing it. Mm-hmm. And we we understand when we learn things the hard way, sometimes it takes us a lot longer to just get things rather than... Right. You know? So... Would you consider yourself like a sexually liberated woman? I am. So what? Because I've been having these discussions a lot. So what is your definition of a a sexually liberated woman? Yes. A sexually liberated woman does not correlate to being promiscuous. Okay. I get that. I hear people interchange that all the time. Mm -hmm. Sexual liberation to me means that I'm free to make decisions based off of what I know that I desire. I see. So... I'm currently not having sex at all, but I'm still sexually liberated because I'm in tune with my body. I'm Mm -hmm. aware of what I do and don't want. And I know that the next time I do decide to be sexually active, it's going to be a freeing act of connection. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to feel like I was coerced into it. I'm not, you know, God willingly, I'm not going to feel like, okay, I made this decision because this is what this person expected of me. I'm sexually liberated and I know that I have a right to my body, to what I want, and I can communicate that freely with Without, without allowing anybody's expectations or societal standards to mm-hmm. influence that. Beautiful. Yeah. And I, and that's really interesting that you said that because mm-hmm. I feel the most sexually liberated now yes. being celibate yes. than I have ever before. Because yes. it's just like before I thought I was doing something and yes. it's like I thought this was like, you know, it's just our mind, yo. It's crazy. Our and, mind. and I want to dismantle that. That is the whole point of soul sexology. As women, we can be sexually sexually liberated without feeling like we have to allow any and everybody into our right. vaginas. Right. Because this society is making us believe that. Like, okay, yeah, girl, get off. Have sex with whoever, however, because you're going to feel good. No, you're not. You're going to cry yourself to sleep. And you're going to wonder why certain situations still feel hurtful or why mm-hmm. you still are having certain um, traumas resurface. Having those expectations for yes. women, too. Like, even now, like... I'm battling with myself because I'm such a selfless person. Yeah. So I'm working on becoming more selfish yes. because it is important, even though we usually have the neg- negative connotation, yes. but it's not as negative as what we think it is being selfish. Yes. So that's what I'm working on. So it's like one of the things that my friend told me, my friend knows me. Yes. She knows my, me in and out. So one of the last things when I went back home, because I was, I think last time I went back home, it was through some stressful shit too. So she yeah. was just like, she's really aggressive with it. So she was just <laughs> like, let me tell you something. <laughs> If a motherfucker does something for you, they doing it out of the kindness of their heart. You don't owe them a damn thing. That is the truth. And after she told me that, like, my life has changed. Because yes. that's always my feeling. Like, as a woman, I always felt like I always needed to repay someone yes. for doing something nice for me. But it's like, like, even now, like, this guy, he's, like, being really nice to me. Mm. <laughs> and I'm super grateful. Thank you, Holla. Yes. But, you know, I, this is, like, the one of the rare times I feel like I don't need to give him something yes. or my body or yes. a kiss or something like in yes. return some passion just because he's doing good things for me. There you go. There you go. No overcompensation. No overcompensation. No <laughs> overcompensation in exactly. 2019. None. And I've done it. I've done it too time and time again. And you find yourself even when you're like, no, 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 that's not what I'm doing. But subconsciously you're like, wow, I want to repay this person for investing in their time and maybe their money and their resources. That's what the hell they're supposed to do. Exactly. And they do it out of the kind of their heart. Yes. It, no, like, exactly. Exactly. You shouldn't be doing things for exactly. uh, something and be returned. In return. like. And if you are, then we need to sit down and have a discussion yes. and make things clear. Yes. Because even if they were doing it for sex, do you do you want somebody objectifying you in that exactly. way? Or do you want somebody just there and, and then if sex happens to happen, they can mm-hmm. enjoy it? 
because they were wholeheartedly there just because. Don't get me wrong. Most men who are attracted to you do want to have sex, but it of doesn't course. mean that is their overall intention. Right, you know? right. Yeah. I mean, shout out to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, shout out to him. <laughs> but um, also, you have a, an event coming up. It's on the 31st, yes. March 31st. Yes. And it's called Milo. Yes. And it's very dear to you. Yes. Um, oh, my gosh. And I don't want to, like, I'm going to let you go ahead and explain uh, what the event is and everything. Okay. So, um, in my junior year of college, I found out I was pregnant. I found out that I found out I was pregnant in March. Um, or no, I found out I was pregnant in February. And I was just in no position to have a child. I mm. felt at the time I was broke. I literally didn't have enough food to buy groceries. I was getting food from the college uh, food pantry. Right. Um, I was in a very toxic relationship, you know, not, I'm not going to judge the young man I was in a relationship with because I understand that him and I were both toxic towards each other. Mm -hmm. But I realized that how he treated me at the time and how I treated him at the time, we were not going to be great parents. For right. It didn't matter how much familial or financial support we gained in the long run. We were not going to be good parents. Mm -hmm. And so I was scared because I don't know if you got the talk, but I got the talk as a teenager. Like, you better not get pregnant. You better not have sex. You better do this. I had mm -hmm. already had sex, but I was like, I'm going to disappoint my family. I have one job to come to school and I ended up pregnant. So I decided to terminate my pregnancy. And it's funny because my friends and I had had conversations prior, like, oh, if we ever got pregnant and we didn't want to, we get an ABO slash mm -hmm. abortion. And we kind of made light of the situation. So going into that experience, and feeling what it felt like to have life in your stomach. Right. Even though I was still so early pregnant, the feeling of having life inside of you is one that I cannot even explain. It's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Although I was so sad, it's so beautiful. And it's almost in a sense like something happened where it's like opening up Pandora's box or losing my innocence. As soon as I decided to terminate the pregnancy, I was never the same. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was going to be the same. I thought I was going to cry for a little bit and be okay. But it didn't happen. I had a severe PTSD. Mm. I started breaking down in the middle of classrooms. Literally, if, if I saw metal bins or utensils in the science building in my classroom that reminded me of the abortion room, I would literally break down. Mm -hmm. And I was like, my ass needs help. Right. Went to school therapists. They literally didn't like at least I felt like they weren't really resourceful or didn't help me I planned on committing suicide mm. I was like I can't do this what did I do I this was an innocent life I'm a murderer like every bad thing that I could have possibly said to myself I said and being in that place and feeling so depressed and just not wanting to live like when I tell you I didn't do my hair I didn't get dressed I showered barely like I was messed up in the head mm. I promised myself if I made it out of this I have to help other black girls, whether they're in college, whether they're not, I have to help other black girls who are feeling hopeless. Right. And so um, prior to me terminating the pregnancy, I had uh, the conversation with my child's father and we said that we would name the baby Milo because it's a unisex name. We didn't even look up the definition. We just liked the name. Mm -hmm. So fast forward to when I established my organization, the Milo movement, I was like, let me actually look up what Milo means, first of all. Right. And it means merciful. And imagine no matter what you're going through to be able to 
give yourself that forgiveness Mm -hmm. so that way you can forgive others. Because most times we have to start by forgiving ourselves for how we allow other people to treat us, for forgiving ourselves for the things that we've inflicted upon ourselves. Mm -hmm. It starts with us first. And the stuff we can't control. And the stuff we can't control. We've got to forgive ourselves because it's not our fault sometimes. So how did you pull yourself out of that? Oh, crying. I cried a lot. And not being ashamed. Mm -hmm. There was uh, some former friends I had had on campus who had known about, and I didn't didn't tell a lot of people, I was totally ashamed of it, Mm -hmm. Um, who had known about, we were friends at the time, they had known about my abortion, and we stopped being friends. And when I found out we stopped being friends, a mutual friend between us was like, listen, Shanir, I'm gonna give you the heads up. They're out here dogging you out. They're out here telling everybody and anybody that you had an abortion. And I remember being like, like wanting to crawl under a rock. Right. Embarrassed. But that's what you were talking about earlier before Mm -hmm. we even recorded that negative connotation that comes with it. Yes. Because I was like, oh my God, like I'm depressed. And now I have to work. And people started, people who I knew who were associated with my former friends began to treat me funny. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, you know what? I was laying in bed crying one afternoon after class and I was watching Oprah Super Soul Sunday and Brene Brown mm-hmm. came on. And I don't know if anybody has heard of Brene Brown, but she specializes in shame. And so she starts saying all this stuff about shame and I literally wiped my tears and I just listened for the whole hour that she spoke. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck that. Like, I, yeah, I had an abortion. Yes, I'm still horrible and I feel horrible not that I was horrible I feel right. horrible I, I still trying to get my head on right but I'm not going to be ashamed mm-hmm. and so as I started getting out on campus and started being more active again um I would meet women who as I grew closer to them like yeah that person did tell us you did that but thank you for sharing because I went through that. Right. And it became, wow. And I, I just realized that it became a spider web of just helping out different women. Mm-hmm. And and I was sewing this beautiful web of sisterhood. So what motivated me to continue to get out of that was accepting what I had done, understanding that I wasn't a horrible person and damn to hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and understanding that my sister told me um, after I had had the abortion, God will never forsake you. Mm-hmm. and really going back to what it means to understand God's grace and mercy and how much he loves me through whatever I do. Mm-hmm. And that I had to be persecuted for my purpose. Shout out to Sarah Jakes Roberts, who has a great sermon on that. But this was all a part of the story. Exactly. And that's where I was going to go with yes. this. Like, I honestly truly believe, one, like, there's, again, y'all, I mean, I don't know. I'd be kind of nervous how I be saying shit because, you know, the internet crazy. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm going to say it. <laughs> yeah, say it. Say it. You say it. But, um, like, and you know, honestly, we shouldn't label our situations good or bad. Yeah. Because labeling them good or bad is what provides that emotion behind it if it's good now we feel glee we feel happy but if it's if we label it bad now we feel horrible we hate ourselves type thing so one we have to label every situation as just that a fucking Mm. situation that's Mm. all it is and it's your story and that's what the thing like one vulnerability saves lives like the fact that you opened up that woman that you spoke to like she probably was feeling exactly how you were feeling months before but then the fact that homegirl was gossiping and she heard that you did so she's like somebody been through the same thing i've been through yeah and i honestly truly 
we believe that we go through these situations in our life to help yes. each other because yes. like we've the human race we done fucked up this earth we, we, we have <laughs> and we got we a have. lot of work to do yes and we have to love each other through exactly. it all. and i just want anybody who's listening to understand that you and i hate to sound so cliche but you are not alone and yeah it's true though yes and you are still a good person you are mm-hmm. worthy of love for me i wouldn't even talk about having kids after i had the abortion because i felt like who the hell am i to talk about having more kids in the future right when i did this but i don't care anymore okay mm-hmm. so what if somebody wants to throw and i mean i've heard it all i've had people come up to me and be like that's well you know good that you got through it but you know and i'm like well if you want to throw up anti-abortion posters in my face do what you got to do to make yourself right. feel better but i know what i'm worthy of and like you said earlier though yes they might just be projected yep <laughs> hello they projected yes, you go yes. go hill sis yes. go hill like yes. that's it yes <laughs> yes exactly okay so after the termination and everything like how did you how what's the self-care like after that self-care was telling myself the truth for the first time mm-hmm. about everything it was about learning how to meditate and pray you know i i i my relationship with god was so different um and after the termination i i really focused on I mean months after the termination because the first few months I was just distraught Mm -hmm. but once I kind of started coming to the light (laughs) I focused on having a different more connected relationship with God Mm -hmm. uh, and meditating what that meant I read there's a a book that I love called the power of meditation by BK Gianti Mm -hmm. she's awesome that book is a lifesaver um but by telling myself the truth, because I never realized how much I lied to myself mm. and how delusional I was. How did you lie to you? Can you give an example? Oh, my gosh. I would enter into these relationships and lie to myself and say that's where I wanted to be. Mm. I would lie to myself and tell myself I loved myself. Oh, I loved parts of myself, mm-hmm. the, the good parts. But loving yourself means accepting even the nasty. Unconditionally. Dark, yes. And being there with yourself. I would lie to myself about where I needed work. Mm-hmm. And... I realized that. And really quick, how did you know you were lying to yourself? Like, um, do you feel that you're lying or you just know, like, like you feel like what you're saying is not what you're feeling I because see. what I was saying was really how I wanted to feel and really mm-hmm. how I wanted my reality to be, which is that's where delusion comes in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you know that you want your reality to be a certain way. Right. That's what, how delusional people are. They make their own reality, even if it's not real. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I was doing. I was in, um, like I said, the, the toxic relationship where, I was telling myself, yes, this man treats doesn't treat me how I want to be treated. And there's a lot of verbal and emotional abuse going on on both ends. But I'm a good person and mm-hmm. I'm a victim. I was not a damn victim because I was talking to him any type of way. I was being um, just not holding a high regard for myself. How am I out here saying I love myself and I'm in this toxic relationship and these toxic friendships because I was in each of them at the same time. Mm-hmm. And not actually taking the work to really accept myself and be honest. Like Shanira, you have deep issues, girl. You don't know how to communicate, girl. You have been sexually abused. Therefore it's made you desensitive during sex, girl. Mm-hmm. Um, So you can have sex with anybody, girl. And granted, I wasn't, like I said, I was in a relationship, but I was so detached from my body. Right. So it was like, I was saying all the right things and I was trying to create this delusional life that mm-hmm. was just not existing because if I'm not right, my life can't be right. 
Um, and acknowledging that I had all those issues and listening to myself and being like, Shanir, you don't have to fix everything all at once, but at least be honest about where your issues lie, what needs to be changed Mm -hmm. and how you're going to do that. Because acknowledgement is only the first half initiative is the second one. Well, one third is acknowledgement. One third is initiative and action is the third. Mm -hmm. So, I can uh, acknowledge that I have issues. I can take the initiative to get gain the resources or do what I have to do on myself, but I have to take action and action means doing things differently. And mm-hmm. that was the best self-care I could do. Do things differently and be honest with myself. Beautiful. And yes. have you ever uh, did a Yoni steam? No, but I need to do one okay. to cleanse my womb. My yeah. aunt was telling me about that. Cause she does a lot of uh, vaginal steams and yeah, well, yoni steams and stuff. Um, and she was saying, you have to clean, cleanse your womb, especially after something like that. Mm-hmm. You have to. So listen, if you try to go get a yoni steam together. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, shout out to uh, Sister Steve's though. She sent me one oh, and I did one. Yeah, yes. I did a little video. With oh, stuff. wow. Yeah. Oh, no, wow. So people can actually say, where have I been? I know places like you can go, but. Wow. No, I did it right here in my room. What? Right here on the little floor. <laughs> right here. Had a little pie. Oh, yes. Sister seems you will be getting an order for me soon. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so you should definitely look into that. Because yes. I mean, it was an experience. I mean, it's a video. There's a re, um, a review video on YouTube. But, okay. Like, it was a really just connecting moment. Like, mm-hmm. And then like immediately after, that's when I had the, the little naked photos on Instagram. Ooh. Because like I just felt so in tune with my body. Yes. Like, you know, I never felt so proud to be a woman wow. until like that day. Like I didn't realize how what that power that I held in wow. between my legs and just being yes. a woman like you know so yeah it was a really powerful experience thank you for putting me on yeah. oh, I'm about to d- <laughs> I would love to hear yo I mean do like something on um maybe live or yes. like uh, uh, maybe sex on Sunday the second oh, yeah. sex on Sunday I'll talk okay. about that okay yes. cool, cause I would love to hear your review yes thank you so what can people expect at the Milo event now that they know your story and everything? Yeah. So um, the Milo um, movement is not just about uh, pregnancy termination or abortion. It's about dealing with any deep wounds that you may have, whether you've experienced heartache, abuse, mm-hmm. whether it's sexual or physical abuse or emotional um, or a deep loss. Maybe somebody close to you passed and you're just not able to get over it. Understand that life isn't about getting over something. It's about working through it. Right. And I want us as black women to come and build that collective support. I don't want anybody to come to the event feeling like I'm afraid to tell my business. No, this event is going to feel like, wow, I'm home. Mm -hmm. Wow. I can, I can cry to snot is running down my face because I'm scared. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do. I'm scared of myself. Maybe I feel like hurting myself. No, this event is not a replacement for therapy. You know, definitely use your resources and call hotlines. If you do feel like you are, extremely suicidal right but it is a place to come to find that connection and relativity with one another Mm -hmm. my story may not be the same but we can't measure hurt exactly we all in pain we all working through it uh, say that again we cannot measure hurt (laughs) yo because i'd be like i've been i was listening to the friend zone and maybe Mm -hmm. it was like months ago because i've been taking a break on podcasts but i just remember that i think it was I don't remember. It was closing off one of the years, whether it was 2017 or 2018. But hey, friend, hey, she was saying something about like how she felt like social media. We kept kind of just like trying to out out struggle each other. Like, oh, oh, you ain't have no food growing up. Well, I slept with roaches. Oh, well, I didn't do this. Like, you know, so it's like and I actually hate the saying somebody has it worse. Right. Right. (laughs) But I'm still here, still feeling depressed and sad. And it doesn't mean that I have to minimize my my pain. Mm hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That's not how I'm going to get through it because that's a form of suppression by minimizing it. Right. I'm going to get through this by allowing it to be right in front of me, smacked in my face mm-hmm. and me dealing with it. But then going back to just labeling things too. There you go. If we label everything in that situation, we wouldn't be saying somebody going yes. through something worse. <laughs> they just going through something else. Yes, like, exactly. you know, you they go. just not going through what we going there through. Go. And that's it. And that's all. Yes. yes. Is there, well, also wait for, I know the soul sexology, you're going to be traveling with that, right? Yes. Yes. So, super yes. <laughs> when are you going to LA? Okay. I'm going to LA. I'm going to be in LA, I believe. In April? April. I'm go- Okay. Okay. Yes. I might be in LA in April. Yes. So we're going to have to coordinate. Okay. Please, yes. Okay. I think I'm going to be there from April 24th through the 28th. Okay. Um, And originally, it's funny because I've had to redo my whole tour. Like originally, I was going to just try to host like my events like I do in New York City and all these different cities. But then I realized I kind of wanted to do a different spin on it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, let me actually make the events smaller so that way I can actually get into the nitty gritty of certain conversations. Right. So I've been connecting with different people in different cities. Some of them I know and are close friends. Others I just connected with via social media mm-hmm. who are going to come and just ha- it's still going to be a collective conversation but it's not going to be um, more event like I just want to start I realize with touring you have to be strategic right sometimes we allow our ideas to stress us out I'm mm-hmm. like Shanir you don't have ten thousand dollars to spend on an event currently one day you will facts it will happen not but right yet. now your season is still doing the work mm-hmm. and it's not about ego it's not about making my event appear this way and this it's about how having these important conversations with people in the community and beginning to do the work in different places. Mm -hmm. So, um, yes, I'm super excited. Uh, and I am just ecstatic. I up first I'm going, I'm hitting up Los Angeles and then I'm going to be in Baltimore next. Okay. When I'm not April, excuse me. Uh, May. Okay, cool. I could definitely go to the Baltimore. That's a number two hours is a two hour bus ride. (laughs) Um, is there anything else that you want to talk about before we go into the lemonade pick of the week? Anything else that you want to touch oh, on? Any last words you want to share with the people? Yes, I do. I want us. I want us all to, as black women and black men, not feel bad about desiring love in a partnership. Right. I feel like in this day and age, I call it the self care care era Mm -hmm. which is great we're making all these huge transitions from generations prior because black people in america have always been always been conditioned to surviving that now this generation is like we want to (laughs) live we want to have our own businesses we want to do great things not that this hasn't been done before but we're in a whole new different mental space Mm -hmm. but i realized that a lot of black women especially are made to feel bad when they say that they desire partnership and a man and we're told you shouldn't be focusing on that. Focus right. on yourself. Do this. And then immediately we feel bad. Like, damn, am I out here being um, mentally thirsty? Like, right. Am I desiring something that I shouldn't be? Oh, yeah, maybe that's why I'm not getting it because maybe. I'm focused. Exactly. And, and oh it's like goodness. biologically, no. Like we're desiring partnership and babies and all those things, especially in our um, early, mid, late 20s, because biologically that's what our bodies are trying to do. We're so, a human. Yes. Yeah, stop <laughs> guilting each other about wanting it all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And understand that life is truly about harmony. Yes, maybe right now God is calling you, and I believe in God, is calling you to focus on your business or whoever your higher power is, is aligning you with your business and different things. Maybe right now you're not being aligned with partnership, but it still doesn't mean that you can't desire it and exactly. take the necessary steps to prepare yourself to be a partner or a wife or a husband. So as black women and black men, 
don't feel nervous about preparing yourself about being interdependent and don't feel the need to explain to others why it is you desire love we mm-hmm. all want to be loved we are human we are human like we are i know like, it's black girl magic but yes, like we are still we are human, human. We and still it's okay have, we still to feel. say i need a man it doesn't mean that you'll do anything at all costs to settle for a man right but it's okay <laughs> i need a man in my life to kill spiders and, and take out the garbage <laughs> And of course for sex, but right. like, <laughs> but like, and I'm okay with saying that. Mm-hmm. And once I started acting in my feminine, like in energy, man, the type of men and not even in a dating way, but I was like, wow, this man wants to be my friend. This man wants to support me. And for the long run, without any type of sexual expectation. Right. The men I have been attracting, I mean, of course, I'm still celibate. So they yes. haven't been, you know, enough to yes. like break that. But like, they've been like compared to the men I've been attracting in the past. <laughs> I'm just like, I see I'm on the right. I'm doing the, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be yes. doing because I'm attracting men that I still will be bring value to yes. my life rather than just take, take, take. Yes, and yes. I want to thank you for one being vulnerable yes, and sharing you. your story because again, vulner- vulnerability saves lives. Yes. My words are just mushing together, <laughs> yo, but yes. it does, yo. Yes. And I just want to say thank you again. Thank you for having me, y'all. Please support this woman. She yo, does so bro. much, and she's and you know, gorgeous. you do the work. That's what I wanted to say before. <laughs> like you do the work. Like yeah. we were talking earlier, how there's like a few people, not a few people. There's many people mm-hmm. on Instagram who yeah. lives a different life yeah. than what they portray online, yeah. but like you are doing the work yes. you're not here for the glitz and glamour no like you doing the no. work like every wednesday you have your wine wednesday yes. there's always an opportunity to talk to Shamir, yes. y'all like then you talk <laughs> about sex there. on sundays yes. like you are here for yes. the people yo. and i always tell people i do charge for my events mm-hmm. um but i always make the fees affordable and always know that whatever being whatever you're being charged you're gonna come and get your money's worth exactly i ain't pocketing all that believe mm-hmm. me because if i was i'll be out here happy and living lavish but i want people to come and invest in themselves invest in other black businesses around you exactly that's what it takes collective community support mm-hmm. yes beautiful thank you thank you all right y'all so now it's time to get into the lemonade pick of the week hey. <laughs> and this week i want to give it to ivory her instagram name is at claire ivory uh c-l-a-r-e-i-v-o-r-i-e i'll definitely tag it i'm not sure if that was spelled <laughs> correctly but um she invited me to be on her panel this weekend mm-hmm. um it was at women's world of boxing in harlem and we were talking about well one it was like a, a self defense workshop and then they learned like boxing techniques and Mm -hmm. then it was like a whole panel discussion on like um sexual harassment and domestic violence Mm -hmm. like you she's being super vulnerable in her situation like she recently experienced some domestic violence and she legit took that situation and turned it on to a whole like platform to help women and girls who are going through the same thing because until we have these conversations until we like until we all change and do the work this shit is going to keep happening so we gotta have to figure out ways to protect ourselves as women until we you know fix it yeah so um i just wanted to give her the lemonade pick of the week for being so vulnerable because again vulnerability saves lives yo and it was just so beautiful being surrounded by so many young women i honestly felt like everyone there was a teenager because everyone looked (laughs) young because you know black don't cry i'm like i don't know how old none of y'all are like y'all look 12 (laughs) but someone was a teacher so i'm like obviously you're not 12 but like um it was just beautiful to see so many women come together to share stories and it was even men there too like we had the kind of like probably something similar with you do but like in regards to domestic violence and sexual harassment because it's like an epidemic yo yes and we got to get this shit under control so shout out to ivory for um creating that platform to have women share their stories and we can heal together so you are this week's lemonade pick of the week (laughs) 
All right. So for our last segment is to love a black woman. So that's okay. where you, Shanira, you get to say something that you either love about yourself. Mm. You could say something that you love about a particular black woman. So mom, sister, cousin, auntie, yes. cousin. Yeah. Or you could say something that you love about black women in general. Okay. All You're right. on. Okay. Um, one thing that I love about myself is my ability to love and to really understand that love is infinite mm -hmm. and it's unconditional. And sometimes even when I beat up on myself and on others, because I'm human, I definitely am judgmental at times. I can check myself and be like, is this judgment loving yourself or loving others? Or are you just projecting onto other people? or even onto situations, no, girl, get it together. And I bring myself back to that. And for the black women around me, including my sister and my mom and my friends, I just love the way they just bring life into everything. I mean, watching black women, even you, it's mm -hmm. like making a house into a home and every interaction, they bring life into the culture. They bring life into men, into, into, um, just everything that we touch turns into gold. So I'm super, super, super honored to be a black woman. I'm honored to be a black woman. And if I can tell black women one thing, it's just you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing. Mm, that was so beautiful. Yeah, and that's absolutely you. right. Thank Period. <laughs> Period. <laughs> oh, yes. my goodness. Where can the people find you, find Soul Sexology, find yes. everything, everything that you're in, girl? Because you're out here. Yes. So you guys can find me on Instagram at Shanir Davis. Um, um, and Shanir is spelled S-H-I-N-Y-E-R-E, -E, Davis. Um, and then you can also follow Soul Sexology, S-O-U-L, S-E-X-O-L-O-G-Y. Um, and yes, follow me on those platforms. Stay in the loop. I'm always posting on there. Beautiful. And y'all know y'all can find me on all social media platforms at underscore Samangi, S-M-A-N-G-I-E-E. -E. Be sure to follow Avocado and Honey on Instagram so you can stay up to date with all things Avocado and Honey, as well as follow on, um, Avocado and Honey on YouTube. I know I've been kind of MIA with the YouTube videos. I kind of just stopped <laughs> um, and kind of just focused on the podcasting just because like y'all not showing the videos no love like that so i'm trying to we figure gotta out show love guys right yeah. and you know i ain't trying to do all not like i'm not trying to do hard work for nothing but i want to make sure y'all are seeing what i'm you know creating yeah. so i'm trying to figure out ways to get y'all this video content and um uh, easier way for you to watch probably IGTV or something so yeah. that's what I'm more focused on so if you haven't seen a video um, don't hate me they'll be coming back in the summer when it's warmer out here as well um, please be sure to like subscribe share tell a friend if you enjoyed this episode or any other episode of Avocado and Honey I appreciate you stay true <laughs> and yes. thank you for listening y'all thank you thank you Shanir again I appreciate you oh, thank you yes <laughs> until next time y'all holla <laughs>